You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. And welcome to episode 77 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me, as always, are Suze Gilbert. Hi, everyone. And Vicki Stokes. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> A little early for that wine, isn't it, Vicki? <laughs> It's 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 not early. It's never early. <laughs> or is it five o'clock somewhere? Yeah, it's new. Somewhere. I don't know why the five o'clock has come up, because you know what? I remember when I was in Munich, people were drinking at noontime a big beer, a big vice beer. What's and wrong with that? Exactly. And then in, in, it's really good. It has magnesium and everything in it. And mm. then um, in France, you know, you see people at lunchtime, you know, having wine. I think I, I like it. Yeah. But here mm. in, and it's kind of verboten here in the U.S. Well, they, like, oh, these people so know how to live. Wine. You know, we need to just let our hair down a little We bit, need to know? lighten up a little bit. I just yeah. read a really cool book um, called Mindful Eating. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's I can't pronounce his name. It's I think it's oh, I'm going to be crucified on this. Um, it's it's the monk. Um, thick, oh, I have to grab the book here. Please don't anybody make fun of me. Let me grab it. It's called Thick Man How, and I like the fact that it's about. Not having the TV, and not that we ever have the TV on, but not even sometimes music. It's just having a meal in silence. And he went to Google, and they had he had them um, do a mindful eating, and nobody in the whole Google cafeteria said anything, and they loved it. They actually loved eating in silence because they concentrated on the on eating and the food and, you know, the hands that prepared the food, how the food was grown. It's actually kind they of a neat thing. don't even talk to each other? No, the, he said you should do it about 20 minutes silence and then you should, you know, communicate. You should talk to people. But it shouldn't be about daily problems. You should not bring that to the table about daily problems. Mm. You should talk about, you know, other things. And I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. I, I, I eat less when I'm socializing. I should I'll invite a bunch of people over when I get ready to eat. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy talking and, you know, um, not really concentrating on the food at all. So that's See, not, I that's eat fast. <laughs> no, I eat fast. And the reason why I eat fast, my husband eats slow and I eat fast. When we sit down, I've made like a nice dinner because I love to cook, as you know. Um, I'm done, really. And it's not that I'm not tasting my food. It's just that I eat fast. And because nursing, and you will find that out, Vicki, is that (laughs) you're eating standing up. You have a half hour, supposedly, ha, 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 for your break. But you never, I never usually took a break. And if I did, I mean, I could eat a sandwich and anything in five minutes flat and be back on the floor. So, you know, all the nurses, all my nursing friends, every nursing friend I know eats fast. I have yet to met one, to eat with one of my nursing friends that does not eat um, uh, uh, slow. So that, for me, I, I got that book out from the library to try to make me think more. And what was the name of the author? When I'm eating. Mindful, mindful Eating. No, the author's name. I won't, because I see uh, Mindful Eating, but it's something, man, they jumped on something. It's... Sorry. Cat went past the door. It's it's thick non ha. Yes, it it I it's either t- thick tick or thick. 
it's it's Vietnamese, and I I really need to learn more. Um, T T H I C H, and the last name. Oh, I got it. Yeah, not Han, something like that. Is yeah. He, what is he? Uh, Vietnamese or something? I think so. Yes, he's a mon- he's he's a monk, and I'm reading another book of his called Silence, and he's he's actually a very good writer. I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I, I I think that it that may work for me. You know, you that you stop because even when they there are hypnosis um, techniques that they use, and you, you calm yourself down, and you start yes. really thinking about things, thinking about one thing to just um, absorb all of your uh, senses into. And if you do that with your food, you appreciate it more. You start thinking about how you um, how it nourishes you, and all those kinds of things. Exactly. Your, your mindset about food would change. That's what that's what the hypnosis stuff is supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah. That's what he's yeah. saying too. Is you need to be thinking more um, about the food and being appreciative and grateful for it because not everybody has food on their table. Um, and for me, it's just sitting down and breathing. You know, he's he said that's what people forget to do when they sit down is they just need to breathe before they even eat. And I think for me and. When I go to France, they tend to do that. They sit and they take forever. I mean, when you go into a cafe and you sit down, there's no uh, server that's hurrying you out there to turn the table. You can sit there all afternoon if you want and just, you know, eat and chat. And I love in the states. I love that mindset. I really love that. At you in the states, if you did that. <laughs> oh heck yeah! They'd be, you know, they once once they give you that. Um, bill once you get the tab it's like okay where's your credit card okay okay you know you know they'll come by after you pay for it uh anything else i can get you and that's their subtle way of saying okay i need to turn this table over it's really too bad because um you know many times in in at least in france you know it's service compris where the the tip is included and so they can make a living being a server where they really have they rely on tips of course in the u.s if they change that maybe um, there wouldn't be a need to, you know, hurry people out the door. In your finer, in your finer restaurants, they don't, but, you know, certainly they do. Uh, you know, at your regular chain chain restaurant. So, so Suzanne, I found a book in my library as we were talking. So, I'm placing a hold on it. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was. It's a very short book. It's a quick read. I mean, you can read it in a half an hour. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to to be more careful and be more appreciative and just, calm, you know, just eat calmly. I, I mean, yeah. Mike has the right idea. He, he chews his food and, um, I think I chew, but I chew really fast. I, I just, I just appreciate the way he eats more than mm-hmm. I do. And I mean, the poor guy is always on the run and he still takes time to, to eat and eat slowly. And I don't. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to be more like my husband. Your kids like that too? Mm. Yeah, Devin eats fairly slowly. Trevor eats like me. Oh my God, Trevor eats faster than me. Holy mm. crap. Yeah, no, he eats real fast. He always has. So before we get into today's topic, I just wanted to go over a little bit of feedback that we received from our episode where we talked about shows that we like to stream. And from Dorothy Yamamoto, she said that she started watching TNT's Murder in the First on Hulu. And she didn't think it would interest her, but now she's hooked. It's good acting by young and seasoned actors, good sustained plot threads, and across the episodes. And Michael Cassell said that he loathes Diggs, and I assume he means Tay Diggs from Murder in the First, 
but he enjoys the excellent crime series In Plain Sight. It's a Canadian series. Oh, I'm sorry. The Canadian series, The Border, was good and feels Marco Polo was refreshing for having a non-US-UK lead actor worth watching. Mm -hmm. So thank you to Michael and Dorothy. And the way they got in touch with us was through our Google Plus community. So we want to hear back from you guys also. And you had gotten some feedback, Susan? Yeah, uh, Tracy Akins asked about um, Ditka. And I hope I hope uh, she enjoyed it because I think that's a um, really great. It's just a, it's a girl. It's it, I would say it's. A, wouldn't you say, Vicky? It's kind of like a, a chick series, but I I yeah. I like it. Yeah, the thing that was really interesting. I don't know if it's their culture is that they had no problems having relationships with each other in that office. Wow, <laughs> 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 just like you know, it, it was really interesting. I, I I don't think I've ever worked in an environment like that. <laughs> well, two shows that I watched um, recently. My husband and I watched The Detectorists, and you can—it's a—it's a British show, and you can stream that through Netflix. It's hilarious. It's quirky. It's one of those really quirky gem of a show, gems of a show. It's—I I love The Detectorists. It's about two guys that are that use metal detectors trying to find Anglo-Saxon treasure in this in this town. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a riot. It's very dry, very witty. And um, second is Occupied that just came out on Netflix. It is uh, a Norwegian series. It's written and created by Yonesbo, the Swedish crime writer and the, of the Harry Hole series, which thank you, Vicky, for reminding me yeah. that. And yeah. it's, it's one season right now, but it's very interesting. I would call it a political, it's, a, like a, it's set in the future. Uh, it's dealing with climate change. And it's also dealing with gas and energy, but it is a political thriller. And it's, I think it's good. The acting is phenomenal. So I would highly recommend that one too. If you're out of things to see, um, if you've missed Wallander, then um, Occupied is very good. So today, what we wanted to talk about seems to be all over the internet right now. Um, And we're going to give you a little inside (laughs) baseball here. When we are finished recording an episode, usually we decide when we're going to record next and what our topic will be. So we talked about this three weeks ago, and we wanted to talk about disappointing apps, apps that we think uh, maybe were broken when there was an update or have never been updated or just didn't work the way we thought they were supposed to work. And it turns out that some other podcasters are having the exact same conversation, so we were first. Yeah. You yes. might not have heard us first. Not that, first. not that we're defensive or anything about it. <laughs> yeah, we're not competitive. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> and one of the one of the apps that, and, and also let me preface this also by saying we're not saying that these are necessarily bad apps because for some people you might absolutely love them and they do absolutely everything that you want them to do. This is just they don't work for us or for me in this case, which for me, it's Evernote. I just can't figure out how to use this app, where it fits in my life. It was easier. It was easier before they updated it to be fancy schmancy. I'll be honest with you. I used to love Evernote. I used to love it too. I don't use it anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, I also found the other day, I had read something uh, with the new, uh, update for El Capitan, you will have the ability to export your notes from Evernote and import them into the notes app. So I went on to Evernote to do that. I don't have a whole lot of stuff 
It's and it's and, and if anything I have up there, if I lost it, would be no big deal. But I'm just doing it for you know what the heck. It would not load on the Mac. I could. It just would not load. I had to go in through the app. But you cannot, at least for me, it would not load through the browser. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, this is not boding well. And then once they stop, because what I the way I used to use it mostly was if I. Uh, mostly for travel. So it was a place where I would store my confirmations for hotel or cruise or airfare or whatever, and I would just email it to my account. You can't do that anymore unless you have a paid account. Oh. Mm. So I just never really found a way to use Evernote that made any sense for me. The Notes app is perfectly fine for me. You know, they, they really improved the Notes app a lot. And I like the fact that you can add photographs. You can basically do the same thing in notes now as you could do with Evernote. And, you know, when you're, when you uh, make your notes, you know, and you have the iCloud, your iCloud account, you know, they're on your Mac and they're on your iPad, all your iOS devices. I used to think notes was a pain. I used to use notes a lot, but the only reason I used Evernote a lot is because if some, if I was someplace and a thought came to me or I wanted, if I was at an art gallery and I wanted to look up an artist, I could just, you know, put the microphone on and say, look up so-and-so, you know, when you get home. And, you know, Notes has done everything. So I think Evernote is almost a redundant type of app now. You know, I'm sure there's people that, you know, have an account and they use it all the time as far as, you know, maybe business or work. But it's for the casual user, I think Notes is great. I really do. Yeah, I think um, Evernote has that feature bloat that people talk about. It's yeah. like it has so much going. So like Microsoft Word and PowerPoint, it's so much crap in there. You don't even know how to do just basic work, you know. Um, and they actually, had, I was surprised because I haven't used Evernote in um, uh, maybe three years now. And um, I was surprised that it popped up in my email that there was some training on Evernote. I said, training? Mm. <laughs> I didn't realize that I looked at it again and went onto that site and went, oh my God, it's a bunch of stuff in here now. I mean, it's, it was a lot of features even when I was using it then. Uh, and I just used it for storing notes for my class, you know, um, downloading them to my um, computer so that I would have them in, in class if our Wi-Fi was acting all, you know, funky. Um, but, uh, I haven't used it since because I had, like, like at least I said, I can't find any, uh, a place in my life that it fits. Um, it would just be me trying to force, uh, a, um, what's my favorite phrase? Uh, you're trying to change your life to fit it. No, no, no. no uh, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Exactly. But I was talking about the workflow thing. That's my favorite phrase. <laughs> workflow. Speaking what? of that, uh, speaking of that, Vicki, the word workflow, the workflow app is another one that I just can't. It's not a bad app. And I know there's thousands of people who use it on a daily mm-hmm. basis and they get things set up the way they want. And I drank the Kool-Aid and I bought it one time when it was on sale for whatever it was on sale for. And I just, I've never used it because I can't figure it out. And mm-hmm. I can't figure out why I would need it. Yeah. So. Well, I, th- I think it's good they have robust apps. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I think um, for me, you know, Evernote has, it's a victim of its own success. 
because now it's not as intuitive. I think when they made it so robust and added so much um, for everyone, it ended up being almost too robust for the casual user. Um, you shouldn't need a guidebook or training to do basically a note-taking app. And in light of that fact, there was a very, very popular app in the app store called Paper by 53. And what the beauty about Paper by 53 when it first came out was that you, it had no layers. It just had some tools. So it had a pencil, a marker, a paint, a watercolor brush, a calligraphy pen, eraser. It had, you know, your color wheel. You did have a color picker that you could adjust that. But it didn't have layers. You could not import a photo. So it was a bare bones art app. And it be, I, I resisted it at first. And then I just became totally addicted to it. It was just wonderful just to sit there and be able to draw at night. And, you know, they, they created this <clears throat> three finger counterclockwise motion that rewinded everything. So you didn't erase your whole drawing. It just rewound to where maybe you made a mistake and you say, okay, I'll just rewind a little bit and start from that point. It was a very successful app and I loved it. It had notebooks where you could store all your drawings and then they started to get hipster and they came out with paper by, they came out with a, with a, basically a brand new app. Instead of keeping Paper by 53 intact, or maybe making a classic Paper by 53, they decided to change the entire app. So it became a note-taking app as well. So you can take notes on it, it adds text, you can add photographs, you can uh, cut out parts of photographs and add it to this. So it, again, it's be kind of becoming this Evernote-y type app. I think they've totally destroyed the app. So have other people. I am not alone in this. They took away the wonderful Zoom tool. So yeah, you can Zoom in, but it's not anywhere close to the detail-oriented Zoom that the old app had. I'm so disappointed with this app. So this is the first time I've ever done this. I kept the new version on my iPhone, but I had the IPA of the old paper, and I will never update that app until until they do an iOS that I can't, it'll be broken. But there was an outcry this is what it upsets me about the arrogance of some developers is they came out with this app. They fought to get, you know, people into paper. It became, it was the app of the year a few years ago. Uh, everybody drank, like you said, Elisa, the Kool-Aid. They even came out with their own stylus called Pencil, which looks like a carpenter's stylus. And that did have some pressure sensitivity. You could erase with it. You could blend with it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so... People invested. Not only did this app was not cheap in the beginning. You know, they you you had to buy all the tools and the color picker. There was another in-app purchase. Blah blah blah. And then you, the uh, the stylus was like a seventy dollars stylus, and it, you know it wasn't uh, nece uh, necessarily like a a true like pressure sensitivity stylus when it first came out. So when they came out and people invested this and then you change the whole app and then people have give you terrible reviews in the app store saying, you know, can't you make a separate app? You know, we, we love the old paper. We want our notebooks back. Now they made these stacks, these messy stacks uh, instead of the nice notebook feature. And I, that really ticks me off and they have not changed it. It's been months now. They will never change it. They're basically saying, no, 
you know, yes, you did invest in pencil and you invested in the app and you bought all the tools, but we don't want to do that anymore. So we're doing this. So they, are suppose, they competing with Apple's uh, pencil that they came out with? Their pencil stylus that they came out with? No, no, because uh, pencil came out way before. They actually they sell it in Apple stores, you oh. know, across the, across the country, uh, because the pencil is just for the iPad Pro, uh, you know, Apple's pencil. But I I think you know there is a fine line between developers that want to innovate an app. I mean, I I'm a, in agreement with that. You know, please continue to update the app. But don't update it so it becomes a mediocre app. Like, you know, don't take something that is so stellar that you're very unique in the app store and then trying to be trendy and out-trend yourself end up ruining a perfectly good app just to be a mediocre app that everyone else can find. It's like an Evernote now, except without maybe some of the drawing tools. But I do appreciate the fact that people do still innovate apps, do come up with, with other versions of apps, I don't have a problem with that, nor do it, you know, um, do I have a problem with people updating apps. It's the developers that come out and they make these apps. They're almost fly by night. They make their money and then they abandon the app. Yeah, that the people move me. on to other uh, projects, new companies, and then the direction changes. It's all about constantly making more each quarter than the previous quarter. Not they're not in there. They're not in it for the long run. Hall. And we see that in these apps. They, and it, they add features, and the, the new people may not even understand how the app really, um, what, what the customers like about the app. You, you rarely see them going back and asking the customer and taking their feedback uh, to determine what changes they want to add to the app. They just keep adding stuff, adding stuff, adding stuff, and it becomes so complicated. It's not an app, it's an application. You know, yeah, yeah. Supposed to be small little things that take a very little space that do key things that you need to have done. It's it shouldn't be a word processor. It shouldn't be you know it it shouldn't be um, something that you make yeah you're doing some major stuff with it. In my opinion, you know, um, especially if you're running your iOS devices, um, it, it becomes just a big hog. You know, I, 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 that's the reason why I, I'm going to sit back and not say very much because I don't buy apps anymore. And I rarely have, I haven't, I haven't bought a single one in the past three years, actually. I don't buy apps. And um, the ones that I use, I've been using forever. Um, so I don't but I, I disagree don't, with you on that. I think the future is in apps rather than. No, no, I'm not saying it's software. not the future. I'm not saying it's not. I, that's not what I meant. I, I'm just saying, um, I think that. For iOS and mobile devices, you got to make sure that those apps do their key things. Okay, add yes. features if you want to, but don't make those things, the interface, so complicated that you can't yes. really appreciate yes. it. You know, that's what the problem is. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. And that, that's really what Paper by 53 has done. But, mm-hmm. you know, the thing is, I don't, what's another thing that's bothering me is almost every app now that comes out in the App Store has in app purchases. You know, <laughs> what, I miss the days when you could be two ninety nine and you bought an app. And yeah, if they want to add an in app purchase because you know there is, you want them to continue to improve an app. I don't have an issue with it. You want to put more tools or other features in it? Ah, sure, I'll pay another buck or two, absolutely. But when you have a model that you basically uh, come out with an app and you make it either low res if it's a photo app or very limited. 
And then you say, okay, if you really want the app, you have to pay $5 for the pro version. And then you have to pay a dollar, you know, for this filter pack and a dollar for this filter pack. You're talking about 20 bucks for a freaking app. And I'm thinking, what? Yeah. No. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, I think Apple really needs to look at this. And the other thing I'd like Apple to look at is I've noticed um, that there's subscription, people are doing subscription models now. Uh, you know, Adobe does it for the creative cloud. You can understand that because Adobe has very robust apps. I mean, they're a leader in that field. You have, you know, Photoshop, which is a standard InDesign, which is a standard, you know, uh, you have a whole slew of apps like Illustrator that, yes, you can understand a creative cloud where you would want people to go up and, you know, share them. I don't have an issue with that. What I do have an issue is when you come out with a coloring app like Pigment or Colorify and you they say, okay, if you want to be able to use this app, we'll give you two things to use. But if you want to unlock everything, it's going to cost you a yearly subscription. You know, yeah, for two bucks a month, you can get a month subscription, but you'll lose everything after you, you know, finish the subscription. Thinking what for a coloring app? Are you <laughs> kidding me? Uh, you know, I just, I can understand developers wanting to make money, but you know what? Come on, let's not be disingenuous here. Mm-hmm. If you have an app, how much do you want for it? Do you want five bucks for it? You'd get more people spending, okay, you know what? I'll pay five bucks for that rather than 25 or 30 bucks a year. You, you know I mean? Come on. I don't like that limited use model. You know, I can't really use the app unless I pay yearly for it. I don't like that model at all. And I really wish Apple would cut that in the bud. Well, you know, one of the things I was thinking um, about talking about, but I end up resolving the issue is my sling box. Uh, I don't use it. I have a friend that's, she's in Africa and all over the place. And she does, she needs, she'll log on and watch my TV remotely using sling box. And I, I had texted her and said, Hey, how are things going? And I said, because she likes scandal. Scandal came on last night. So I said, you know, Scandal's on. Uh, she said, oh, I've tried to use the thing box, but it, uh, it doesn't work. So I look at it and try to figure out what's going on. And I guess some crazy update came in, and I had to really reset it to factory settings and start all over again and put the new remotes and all of that stuff in there so that it worked properly. But imagine my anger when I thought that I, I got this thing. I've only had a year. Of course, it's not out of warranty now. And... You can only control this stuff remotely with an app. And they made an <laughs> update to the app where it doesn't work with your hardware. You're stuck there. They're, they're coupled together. So these things need to work together. That's the nightmare that I would have had. You know, you got something that you're really relying on to work. And they're not interested in helping you, mainly because they've come out with like four or five different versions of it since uh, of the hardware since then. And they want you to move on. Uh, and the only other solution, if I couldn't figure it out, was to pay $30 for a support call. That's, That's almost as much as the sling box cost. I mean, <laughs> they're not that expensive. You know? I was like, uh, and that's just one call. Like I said, I could see them saying, okay, we'll give you $30 uh, toward your um, uh, new warranty extension or something like that. Um, but I couldn't see $30 just for one call. So I, I just I, I just figured it out, troubleshot, you know, figured it out and it got it to working. But that is something that could really, it's like you had those lights in your house. 
What, what if they decide not to update the app and it's broken? You can no longer use those lights, you know, um, or control your the lock on your door. You know, <laughs> those are the kind of things that are really sort of crazy. Um, and, I, and, I agree. I mean, I don't have a problem with people making money, but I do think there's a saturation point yeah. with the apps because when apps first came out, you know, it's hard to believe it wasn't that long ago when the app store first came about. You know, you, apps were 99 cents, basically. Mm-hmm. And when apps started becoming like $2 and $3, like, wow, that's, that's like, you know, 3 or $4. That, that's a lot. Um, you know, you can look at the Mac app store now and, you know, you can have, you know, very expensive apps. I don't mind. Like, I bought Tonality. Uh, I think it was like 50 bucks. I'm, I love the app. I think it's a great black and white app. But I don't have a problem buying apps. I do have a problem when they don't update them. Mm-hmm. I do have a problem when I don't feel I get my money's worth. Because if you think about it, when you bought software, aside from Photoshop and stuff, I mean, many times um, you would have to go and buy a newer version of the software. So I understand there's a different pricing model now. But I think if you're going to charge a lot for an app, I really think that Apple needs to say, okay, we will accept this app because you want, you know, $30, $40 for it. However, you're committed to five years of updates on this app or three years of updates. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because I just don't think that's very fair when they abandon it. I don't think that's fair when you buy all the in-app purchases and they end up abandoning it. Um, because then your in-app purchases are gone. You know, when they abandoned the app, you've just, you know, I, I think there's going to be a saturation point that people are going to say, you know what, I am not paying this much for an app anymore. Because I don't know if the developer is going to continue to support it. Yeah, that's a diff- not that we not that we expect them to support it indefinitely. I mean, I'm not going to say that, but still, I was worried about Snapseed because I think Snapseed is still my very my most favorite app in the App Store. Mm-hmm. It's the best photo editing app, bar none. But they can, and then when Google bought it, I thought, oh, there goes Snapseed. And I, I just, I mean, I made sure I was religious about keeping any update IPA in my folder. So if I had to go back and downgrade it, but I never have had to because thankfully Google is continuing to support Snapseed. And I'm very happy to see that because it was a terrific app. But um, there's a lot of scam apps too in the app store. You know, for a while there was a run. I know Marty over at Life and Lo-Fi was, you know, having people write in saying, okay, you know, these scam apps with shill reviews, they were getting five-star reviews, people were buying them two and three dollars, and they were complete junk. Crap, yeah, didn't do anything that you know? they did. No, yeah. so, you know, I think Apple's been a little bit better. There's still, there's like Art Splash 360, and that's not very good. Usually when you see names in um, capital letters with a lot of five-star apps, read through those, I mean, five-star reviews, read through those reviews, because... Many times you will see a one star in there or, min- or several of them saying, this is a scam app. This doesn't work at all. Yeah. You know, it's very low res. It's crashing all the time. Um, I, I, I've had to write developers recently a lot. I think I've written to maybe 10 developers in the past few months asking if they're going to do updates on some of my favorite apps because some apps haven't been updated in three or four years. Yeah. And I don't know why they're still in the app store because I know Apple's been really fairly good about that is if you have an abandoned app, they pull it from the app store at least. Well, speaking of which, Suze, uh, Vicki, remember at Macworld when we went and talked to different people and they would give us apps that they were coming out with that we could review? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, some of them that I had gotten that I actually liked, 
are are totally, totally abandoned. And the thing is, people who bought them paid money for them. Yeah. There's one that I really liked called Noteology. And if you go and it's basically you use your iPad to record college classes or conferences or meetings mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, and then you can refer to it later. And it's it, it was really a cool app. And I, if I remember correctly, it was about $5. And if you go to their website, it says... <laughs> I just went to it. Oh, my God. Yeah, it says, attention, Notology is not compatible with iOS 8. 8. <laughs> At this time, yeah. we are currently working on an app update to resolve this issue. We're uh, nine. No, you're not. <laughs> you know, which is really too bad because the people who had that app wow. can no longer use it. That's bad. And then the other, um, another app that I had gotten when I when I was there, it was called it was Crock. There was a couple of them. It was Crockpot Recipes, I Cookbook, and I Cookbook Diabetic. And I think it was three dollars for each app. And the way that worked is each month you would get a certain amount of recipes that you could automatically download. Mm -hmm. And then if you wanted to, they would have something special like this being Valentine's Day month. Uh, For February, they might have had, you know, chocolate dessert recipes that you could purchase for $1.99 or $2.99 or whatever. Okay. Well, you can't open that app anymore. If you try opening the app, it crashes. So it's not even an issue of, okay, we decided to abandon it because if you click on any of those, like when I click on... um, on my computer, if I say show on the iTunes store, it brings up on all cases, Butterball Cookbook <laughs> for all three of those apps. Butterball so, Cookbook. It's for the, for the turkey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a Butterball Cookbook. So, okay. They decided they don't want to update this app anymore for whatever reason. I can't even open it on my, on my iPad, which means all those recipes that I might have purchased, gone. Wow. Yeah, yeah and that's frustrating. You know, mm. that really is very, very frustrating. Yeah, oh. so like I didn't buy any, but I did download them each month, and I did have a few that I bookmarked that I had made. And if I had known, I would have printed them out so that I'd have, you know, I have a copy of them. But what about the people who said, yeah, these are really good, and they spent their $3 or $2 or whatever it was every month, and they purchased their recipes, and now they have nothing. Yeah, um, that's, that is sort of... You know what happened there. They they um, probably ran out of money and wasn't make, generating enough money to continue. But um, uh, one product that I did have an issue with um, was Agile's. Uh, is it Agile or Agility? Or, Agile, or just, Agile Bits. Agile Bits. Um, one uh, password. I used to love this app. And I think around Yosemite, when Yosemite came out, I started having issues with it. And... Um, my problem was I wasn't using it enough. Um, and, and what happened is Apple's keychain started syncing across to my um, iPhone better. And um, now they, they have the ability that your credit card information can sync over also. So when you're filling out things, buying things online, either on your computer or on your iOS device, um, that you don't have to go pull out your card and do all those things, which is really convenient for me. Uh, and that's what I used to use uh, one password for. It stopped syncing. It stopped working. It would have multiple copies of my credit card. Oh, when I would uh, delete something that was uh, a card that was no not um, that I didn't have anymore, or that uh, they gave me a new card or something like that, it would still have the old one there. So I try to use it, and then all of a sudden that card's not working. I thought I ordered something, and that's not the valid card. Um, 
So um, I just stopped using it because I said, well, I'll wait to this day get an update. And at the time, I, I think I mentioned that to you, Elisa, and you weren't having any issues with it. I um, use it every single day, one password. Yeah, yeah. Multiple and, times a day. And then when they finally came out with a solution, it was to upgrade, and then I had to pay for it. I said, no. I've gone over a year. This is not working properly on my phone. I'm not about to pay for an update when I don't, when I, I don't my current version doesn't work. So I just abandoned it. Um, and that was funny because I couldn't find anybody else that was having my problem. Um, but, you know, like I said, once those things happen, you find alternatives to those apps. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you lost your customer base if you keep doing that. So it's, right. it's in their best interest to listen to the customers, fix problems as soon as possible. They have access to the new OSs long before we do. You know, so they should have fixed those problems or be working on it or just inform the customer. Don't update yet because we're not, we, we're not quite ready. Um, so that they'll know that when I stick with that old version or I want to update it because uh, it won't work with the, the new OS or I'm going to update the OS. Um, they, um, um, when you do that, you, I just didn't trust um, that that product was going to work for me. Even though it was working fine for everybody else, my experience wasn't the same. And I just, I mean, I love that app. It was just the one thing when I got a new computer or a new phone, I made sure that thing was on there first. And then when they start syncing to Dropbox, it worked just fine. Then all of a sudden it just stopped working. Um, That's what I do. I still use Dropbox. Yeah. 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 So oh my it, God, I love Dropbox. <clears throat> yeah, Dropbox is wonderful. Yeah, for the for the one password syncing. But see, that yeah. brings up another point, Vicky. Yeah. Is when one password comes out with paid upgrades, I I don't even think. I just I give them the money. I use my to. iPhone and my mm-hmm. iPad and my computer. Mm-hmm. However, something like I love Fantastical, for example. However, when it upgraded to version two. It was fifty dollars. Yeah, I won't pay fifty dollars. Yeah, you know, I'll pay that. I'll pay you know that much on one password because it's something I use every single day, numerous times a day for one reason or another. Fantastical, while I really do like it, for me personally, fifty dollars is way too much. Yeah, and I'm sticking with the older version until I no longer can. And at that point, I'll have to decide: Do I want to fork out the money? Or do I just want to stick with Apple's calendar? Or do I want to find a lesser expensive version somewhere else? Mm-hmm. So, again, I'm not saying that it's a bad. I'm not saying that you shouldn't spend the money. For me, my calendar use isn't like other people where they have they have their family com- calendar. Then they have their work calendar. Then maybe they have their hobby calendar. And, you know, they maybe they have five different calendars. I don't have all that. So I don't need anything super intense. And I don't use it on my iPad. But I do use it on my phone all the time. You don't want to slight the developer because the developer is putting a lot of work and time and his own money into developing the new app. But at the same time, how much is too much? Well, you can't, you guys forget that um, back at, before the mobile devices, before everything, everything was on a computer, the average cost for an application was about fifty plus dollars, especially for, for yeah. Mac computer. It used to be very expensive. Right. So, so I was surprised when they came out with the mobile apps and they were like free and ninety nine cents and 
generally less than $3, you know, but then again, they just did very little. They did what they did and supposedly they did it well, then you will keep it. Uh, but now it's, you get the thing, if you get an app to just do one thing that you really love, it suddenly it'll stop doing that. And then they want you to update it to uh, the whole, they got to figure out how to monetize this without constantly asking for money. Exactly. You know, exactly. Gotta figure I out agree some with way, that. You know, and yeah. I could see yearly that you come up with something really big, but like Apple, some of that stuff, their updates for the OS is free. You know, we expect to right. get free up. I mean, unlike well, Windows, at- they come out with a new version of Windows, they have to pay for it. El Capitan costs me nothing. You know, I just updated it. You know, and there's a lot of app developers that don't charge for their updates. You know, it, it, I agree with you. They have to learn to monetize this in a way that is not really greedy. Because the thing is, is that back, back, back before iOS, <laughs> well, <laughs> um, when I was a youngin, um, you know, when you you didn't buy a, a lot of uh, uh, software no, programs, yeah, there weren't you know, a lot you available. You bought maybe Photoshop <laughs> because that was uber expensive, or maybe Photoshop Elements, and you would Microsoft buy Office. <laughs> Super exactly. Expensive. Now you have a plethora, and you're absolutely yeah. right. When you uh, Apple made uh, Pages, Numbers, and Keynote free, mm-hmm. um, and I don't mind. I don't mind supporting developers. I really don't. If it's a great app, absolutely. If they have an in-app purchase, Procreate is a prime example. Procreate Savage Interactive has made the best art app ever. You would. It's such a powerful engine, and you would think. On an iOS device, on an iPad, and they have Procreate Pocket now. But you would think that it would run slowly, it would crash. It's a fabulous app, and it's got almost five stars across the board. They've come out with numerous updates on that, and they don't charge. And they did have, uh, it was a perspective tool for two bucks. Did I need it? No, but I bought it because I wanted to support the developers, because I really appreciate the robustness of this app and that that is the app that I always go to when I want to draw or do something. And, you know, Adobe also has made a lot of their apps free. And granted, they have a plethora of apps right now. And I don't like the one trick pony type Adobe apps that they have. I would just rather them make a family of apps that do all of this, but, you know, for whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is you can still use them. You know, if you want to use them in a more... um, uh, rugged way, then yes, you can buy a Creative Cloud subscription. Mm. But they're not broken. I mean, you can use them and you can trace with them and you know draw with them and do whatever what you want with them. Make books from them. I just agree that they have to monetize it, but so they're not constantly hitting you up for in-app purchases. Because if you think about it, you know, if you buy, you know, like for instance. I have over in my iTunes library, not that, and I don't want anybody to be shocked over this because I don't use them all. I don't have this many. I have about 500 and something on my uh, devices, I think. Wow. But I have like 2,000 apps because when the App Store first came out, I was addicted to them. I have since weeded them out because so many are broken. And iOS 9 broke a lot of apps. They mm-hmm. broke a lot of apps. And I think that was the key is if something is not updated for iOS 9 by now, I don't think they're going to update yeah. iOS 9. If it's broken, then you may as well delete it because it's not. I mean, I was really upset that Artogram, for instance, Artogram, 
was this beautiful app that had maybe, I don't know, um, eight or 10 artists. And it was really nice because, you know, I don't buy cards anymore. I hate the sentiment of cards and it really riles me to have to pay $7 or $6 for a car, a greeting card now. Are you serious? A birthday card? That's right. So I said, this is ridiculous. You know, they never really say what I want to say anyway. So Artigram was one of those apps that these artists had made, um, like different pages. They were pages of an artwork and, when you bought the app, I think literally it was like a dollar, maybe two dollars when it first came out. <clears throat> uh, you bought the app and you could write whatever you wanted. You could change the color of the text, you could change the text, and you sent it off. Everybody I sent one of those, they just loved the artwork on them. Because again, you had some really funky artists and designers on there. And then if you wanted to buy more, it would say more by such and such artist. And you could go in and you could buy another pack of their art. So I probably had maybe bought like $8 worth, you know, all total. The app is totally broken. I mean, I can use it. I have to do a workaround. I have asked the developer, are you going, you know, what happened to my in-app purchases here? I purchased, you know, a lot of artist work and they're gone. And that upsets me because when you go to the more content, it's not in the app anymore. Mm. And so, you know. I never heard back from him and I doubt very much they're going to update the app. So it's, you know, it's gone. But what's interesting is they won't update this app, but he is updating all his other apps. So go figure that. But no one's mentioned this. My beloved news app, Zite, was bought out by his Flipboard. Flipboard, I am so livid. My blood runs, is boiling. Flipboard is no... Um, alternative for Zite. I love Zite. I had Zite just the way I want it because you know how with Zite you could either, um, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down an mm -hmm. uh, article that you like. Yeah. So you trained the app to get the news that you wanted. And for those that don't know, Zite was a news aggregator and I loved it. I hate with Flipboard that, you know, you have to flip through everything and half the time they don't have any of the subjects that I want or the uh, things that interest me. Steve Hammond of my Mac mentioned News 360. And News 360 is probably as close to Zite as you're going to get, but it's still not perfect. I mean, they rehash the same old things. And I mean, like I have, like, for instance, Provence. I have France and Provence. And they send me the stupidest news articles about it that I'm always having to, you know, thumbs down it. it it's not Zite. And I just think uh, Flipboard is awful. I really wish Flipboard had gotten rid of Flipboard when they bought Zite and just turned it into a Zite or, or you know, or just kept Zite because I don't think Flipboard's great at all. I really don't. Well, speaking of a news app, um, Kurt Blanchard, who is uh, also a member of our Google Plus community and a writer at MyMac with us, he said uh, he had an app called Breaking News and he said he uses it at least once a day, sometimes more. And a recent update broke the way it refreshes. And now nearly every time I open it, I have to reopen it to see the latest news. I keep looking for an update, but so far, nada. Mm -hmm. So there's another one. Yeah, NetSnips was another one that I liked. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's the other thing is you get these apps that you like and then they sell out to have, ad, you know, they have to have ads on it. Yeah. So the problem is, is if you just touch it a nanometer, bam, you know, you open up Safari and it's, you know, you know, buy this thing. And it's, it's just like hokey things, you know, it's whatever they're paying for the ad. 
and that just irritates me. I just hate clickbait anyway, but to have to go through ads, I usually always, if it, if a free app comes out and they have ads on it, I will always, if I like the app, I'll always buy the pro version without ads because I hate the ads so bad. There's not any apps that I really use with ads. Well, NetSnips was great. And what NetSnips allowed you to do, if you're, if you love all these blogs and you have like a reading list on your Safari, uh, you know, probably a thousand pages long, like me, because um, I used my reading list now to snip everything, is you could just take like, for instance, blogs that I checked every day, I'd put them into NetSnips. And then when he updated it, it got really slow. It's very laggy on iOS 9. It crashes all the time. And he put ads on it. And, you know, it's another thing. Why do you do that? You know, I know you, why don't you offer an uh, uh, ad-free version? You know, I'll pay the 99 cents, but at least if the app won't crash. Or, or say, so. when you first open the app, there's an ad. And mm-hmm. then you have the option of turning it off so it doesn't show up the entire time, that entire session that you, you're in. Because who wants to set through an app when every five minutes there's something at the bottom uh, or... Or even the games. That's the reason why I don't like the games anymore. They're just like constantly trying to get you to buy stuff. More life, more this. You know, my I, I pride myself on not spending money on those things. I, I'm I going to win on my own steam. I'm not going to buy, pay money to win. So, um, it, but they got to do, they got to have some kind of way of making their money. And um, I don't blame them, but it's really irritating and... Um, and they gotta figure out some other way of making money. Um, I agree. Yeah. I, I I I totally agree with you on that. I've run across a lot of media apps that don't work. Yeah, like uh, show like I canceled Showtime, but the Showtime app on the iPad. Either first I downloaded it, and first we have Time Warner cable. It didn't have Time Warner as an option. Why would you not have? Time Warner is an option. You know, half the country has Time Warner. We don't have it out why here. Would, <laughs> you know, why? But I mean, there's but there's enough of a population. Yeah, it is. It's not like oh, it's, you know, only Coast, a 30 mile radius that has it. You know, so, yeah. I, so I couldn't watch anything on the Showtime app, but I could on Cinemax and HBO, but not Showtime. Then when it finally did come on, you couldn't sign on. It would just bring you into that endless loop of, you know, trying to sign on, nothing would happen, nothing would happen. Up, oh, delete. Then there's a, uh, a radio station called Radio.com. That doesn't work. Mm. AccuRadio, which I used to like, and I don't know what happened. I don't know if there was an update. I don't remember. But it would open, and then it would just you, – you'd choose a station, and then it would just circle, 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 circle. And you'd walk away for 10 minutes, and you'd come back, and it's still circle, circle, circle. Works fine on the phone, not on the iPad. Deleted it. Hmm. Mm. There's so many other radio stations. Like I'm, right now I'm into Slacker Radio. That has a really, you know, has a like really interesting playlist. That's what I listen to if I feel like listening to some music on my iPad. So, that's not from iTunes. So yeah, so you don't listen to iTunes radio, obviously. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, but there's, I don't, I don't know if some of these radio stations feel like. I mean, and you can buy, you can buy them, so that you can save your playlist and you can save your favorites and you won't have ads and blah 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 and you know that's cool. But you would think that. If you want me to buy this AccuRadio, give me good service. I'm not going to spend money on this. I can't even open the app. I, I it's used, gone. I used to have them too, you know, um, especially if I was going on a long trip where I was going to be out of range for the regular uh, frequency. And even though I have satellite radio in my car, sometimes there's just not anything playing on the radio that I want to hear. 
So I will find a station, say back east that I used to listen to and download their apps. And um, you still need to be within, if I'm driving through some, some major town, it'll pick up because you, you still need to have a good cell signal for it to work. But I found that those little ones work better than those paid ones. Those are free. I was surprised that the paid ones, the signal, even if I was in a major city, it would just die out. Um, it would just come on and off, on and off, just spin, spin, spin. The cheap little ones that you get when you go on the radio website and download. I, I listen to my cousin's radio station in Milwaukee. Hey, Earl. <laughs> um, uh, shameless plug. And that app works all the time. All the time. You know, unless I'm not within a cell signal, then it'll drop. But either it works or it doesn't. You know, and if it doesn't, it's because I have a very low cell signal. But the ones that you have that are made by major developers who I'm trying to monetize it where you have to buy you can like you say pay for the, your playlist and all other stuff those didn't work as well so I'm, I'm not sure why um, maybe you know I know sometimes they build in stuff to make it stable so if the signal is not good it'll just drop you know who wants to be listening to a song and it's just it, uh, coming in and out in and out um, but I found that the, that app worked completely I had no issues with it and it's free um, so if you like a radio station, try to download their app and, um, see if that works for you, uh, instead of spending money on it. So anything else you ladies need to add? No. No. I no. think I have everything off my chest right yeah. now. <laughs> <Get it off>. <laughs> <laughs> you feel light now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel now, lighter. Now for some of these apps, we're not saying they're horrible apps. They, you know, like Evernote or Workflow, well, one or, password. Or one bad, one yeah, password works not, for everybody but me. <laughs> they're not necessarily bad apps. They just don't work the way we want them to work. So mm-hmm. they're more of a disappointing app. There are definitely apps out there that are bad apps. Yeah. So we would love to hear if you have any negative experiences about some apps or maybe an app that wasn't so good and then they had an update and it, it got better. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, I should also mention, when you look at the... Uh, the descriptions on the iOS for something like Facebook or Messenger. We update this app every two weeks to make it new and shiny. Why? <laughs> what are you like? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I know that's a pet peeve for a lot of people. I mean, Pinterest does it. Uh, I think Twitter does it. Where they just yeah, Facebook. This is like those flash yeah. updates. <laughs> Messenger. Yeah. It's like, why are you? What are you doing? Are you making that? That. That brings me back to, oh, wait a minute. I have one more thing to get off my chest. <laughs> one, one and one more thing. <laughs> um, Paper by 53, some other uh, developers do this too, and I would like to draw people's attention to it. They come out with a so-called micro-update because what it does is it erases all the bad reviews in the App Store and you have to start over from over. I start over from new. So... If you think about that, if you're getting a ton, if you're a developer and your app is like three stars going down to two and a half because of all the the bad negative reviews, you come out with a little micro update because it just resets the clock on everything. You can see those reviews when you go on your iPad. At least uh, it's harder to, they don't have the option on your phone to look at the um, most critical, you know, but they do on the iPad, on the App Store on the iPad. And you can look at all the critical reviews and the newest reviews. 
um, most favorable reviews. But that really irritates me. And I have called out paper on that several times. And so have other people. What, another micro update? You refuse to do anything with the app except these little teeny micro updates. Like, oh, we just tweaked a few things. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And why does Facebook have to? I mean, I don't see that their app updates make Facebook any easier whatsoever. No, but they do it every two weeks as an under the hood. You know, yes. squashing bugs. It's like, as much as we want app developers to keep their apps updated, if it ain't broke, don't fix it because you're going to break right. it. Yeah. Eventually. And the thing that I find with Facebook, going off on another tangent, is I can be on Facebook for argument's sake. I could go on Facebook on my Mac once an hour, every hour for 12 hours today. Okay. So, say from eight in the morning till eight at night, I go on Facebook for five minutes. And what I do is I always go by the most recent, I go to the top and I scroll backward. And then when I see the last post that looks familiar, I'm done. I can go on Facebook on my iPad at 10 o'clock tonight, do the same thing by most recent, and I will see a ton of posts that I never saw between 8 in the morning and 8 in the night that were posted during the day. Mm. It's almost like I'm looking at two different accounts. Mm. And I have no idea why. And another friend of mine said she has the same thing. So, Vicki, if you posted something at 3 o'clock today, mm-hmm. I won't see it on my computer, but I'll see it on my iPad tonight. Wow. That's really bizarre. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if it's something with their updates. I, I don't know if they have it. It's those little micro updates. Yeah. Yes. It's probably it could be exactly that my computer's not getting the micro update. So, okay, now that we've vented... Listeners, we'd love to hear if you have any apps that have been disappointing to you that you thought would do one thing and actually do another or don't do it at all. Uh, earlier in the show, I told you how we could get a hold of us. Um, I think I did. If I didn't, 3 com with the number three spelled out has all our contact information, so we'd love to hear from you. We'd also appreciate an iTunes review so that other people can find the podcast. It helps move us up uh, closer to the top of the list so we can be found. And uh, with that, I'm going to say thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. host of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. Each month I gather together a panel of photographers and we chat about a theme related to the art and craft of photography. It's not about the gear. It's about making better photos regardless of your camera. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie.